0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, today's episode is very exciting because uh, I watched this guy online. He teaches people to communicate, and he's here. But we have a funny story leading up to that, though. Okay, let's go! I mean, when there's a really long intro and nobody does anything, it's been going on like this for the past three years. And every time the music plays, we just look at each other. All right. <clears> then <throat> <And> look away. <laughs> look at each other again. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, today's guest, uh, very interesting story. But before we get to that, let's welcome to the show. We have Vin. Yay! Thank you for thank you for the one clap I
1: got. There you go.
0: Well, there, there is a, a sound wonderfuls. effect. There is a sound effect because you're not wearing headphones, so you can't hear the sound effect. <laughs> oh, okay. there's, there's like a mountain of people tuning in online. No, a mountain
1: of people. <laughs> I love that.
0: But, dude, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and 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 just before we begin, maybe a little bit of a, an introduction of yourself and what you do, so that like the people listening will will know who you are. Okay.
1: Well, first of all, can I just say that Ginny does an incredible oat milk coffee oh thank you thank you thank like you. I'm, I'm from australia huh? this is unbelievable oh yes australia like are... we are coffee snobs man yeah like we judge you based on the coffee <laughs> and like dude this is uh this is a oh, thank 0. you thank you thank five you. out of ten cheers brother. cheers this cheers. is unbelievable coffee all right
0: yeah. also, if an australian says my coffee is good i can open a cafe over here that's good
1: dude dude, dude. it's been better than most that i've had here so in, if quite my, unbelievable. If unbelievable if my current
0: business crashes at the ground at least i have a backup
1: but yeah, yes 100 <laughs> percent. and i want to buy in if you do, do that <laughs> so yes quick uh, introduction about yourself uh look if i gave you the high level it i am Mm ex-magician uh studied accounting Mm -hmm. and then dropped out final year disappointed my parents severely Uh, then i was a sold electronics during high school and we can dabble into these if you want sold electronics during high school and then Dabbled in keynote speaking, mm-hmm. and then now teach communication skills. That's insane. It's, it's, so that's like just a nice little sprinkle of a bit of everything. That's like a that's a, that's
0: a little similar to what I did, but but like like especially when you mentioned the electronics part. Oh, you did that too. Yeah, I did. I, I kind of tried very very hard <gasps> at one point in time when. Um, Huawei. This is, we're dating ourselves right now. People will know our ages, but like you go back to, I think like if I'm, if I'm not mistaken about 2007, 2008, when pen drives were just the thing,
1: you yeah. mean USB drives? Yeah, USB drives. Yeah. Wow, so they just okay. they just
0: came out, and then like people were selling them, and they were really really expensive, by the way. So like you have these wholesalers who are like asking agents like, "Hey, could you please help me sell my pen drives?" I'm not sure what brands they were, but obviously they were knockoffs because you got your sand disks, yeah, and then you had your Creative disks, and now that you have these from I'm I'm not sure where, but like every time you sold one, you would get like a uh, a twenty ringgit uh, commission or something like that. But obviously yeah, I did really badly, otherwise. That would have been, you know, kind of like my business. But Vin, um, (laughs) funny story on how uh, we both met. So even before we met, uh, I think like about a year, year and a half ago, I obviously before you sleep, you go online, you go on Instagram, you start strolling Instagram. And, you know, Reels became a thing. Instagram started telling everybody, hey, check out Reels. Although we were a company that basically... Uh, allowed you to post photos and put filters on your horrible photos to make them look good. Check out Reels because photos don't matter anymore. So content consumption was mainly on uh, Instagram Reels and I came across this particular video of this person telling about how you can basically be a little bit more confident when speaking to your clients, uh, to a crowd, uh, to an individual, and having multiple layers of questions so you basically meet your guests and give them more leg room to talk about themselves so you can kind of get a conversation going and now I, I looked at it i was like oh wow this is cool i never thought about that <laughs> and then fast forward to a year and a half later while i'm still watching his videos all of a sudden i get a dm from vin and says like brother i'm a huge fan i used to watch all of your videos and i'm like no freaking way <laughs> and i'm like oh okay and like all right cool Here you have a guy who has about 2.6 million followers messaging you something like that when you watch all of his videos, which was like really, really flattering. Like, whoa! Okay, cool, cool, cool. And we we got to talking. And and the next thing that blew me away was like, yeah, um, you know, I have a Malaysian wife. I'm like, okay, great. Because, you know, (laughs) as of most Australians, they might have a Malaysian wife, high chance. And next thing, you know, it's like, Oh, yeah, I'm in Subang right now. I'm like, what the heck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's no, like, but specifically in USJ9. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh,
0: uh, my office is like literally right across where you stay right now. I'll, he's like, no way. So I was like, it's kind of weird, but sometimes like the world is so small. and The you u- universe kind of works its way in some way <laughs> to kind of force oh, our like the both of us to meet. So for that, thank you for coming on the show today. Dude, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And and dude, you you are you're quite a a legend right now. I feel to a lot of people around the world. Um we we caught up over lunch the other day and you, you mentioned uh you know probably you've done stuff for Microsoft. You've spoken to a whole Microsoft crowd of 5,000 people and obviously more. But what is what, okay, to to, to just kind of like summarize what it is you do to people right now. What what would you say?
1: Look, I think I keep it really simple and it's just teaching people how to connect with others. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you mentioned right in the beginning of this, the conversational threading, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's why when we started, I just gave you a quick sprinkle of the multiple things. And yeah. then we, we identified that we have a similarity. We yeah, have yeah. A, basically something in common, which was the selling tech stuff. Yeah. Whereas I think when people meet each other, they say, oh, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Normally people just say, oh, I'm an accountant. They give one thing, whereas I shared five things and immediately we found one to connect on. Yeah. right. So so I think it's just sharing with people simple strategies to be able to connect, build confidence, and create more clarity when they communicate with other people.
0: What what drive do you, uh, what drove you to basically dabble into this, um, like, you know, skill set and teaching people how to connect? Do you feel that people do not connect enough because Sometimes I'm really anxious when it comes to like, you know, going into a lift and you you have a bunch of strangers and I'm like, okay, I'll keep
1: quiet. No, but look, sometimes when you go into a lift with strangers, you should keep quiet too. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes people genuinely don't want to talk to you. Yeah. And that's okay. They might be having a bad day. They may not want to talk. Yeah. But it's for times when you do want to connect with someone, you're at a networking function and you do want to connect with that person because you know who they are. Yeah. You know that this friendship will be meaningful. You know, this will help you with career advancement. Mm Mm-hmm then you'd want to have the skills to be able to have that conversation. Yeah. But, but back to your question, right? You said, what got me into it, it? What got me into it was me not being able to do this. Oh. And then seeing people when I was young who were able to do this and just being so envious of this person who could just walk into a room, talk to whoever they wanted. Yep. So I think it was my inability to communicate that led me to want to learn how to do it. And then what led me to teach it is the same thing, is that, man, I, I find that we tend to do the things in life yep. that helped us the most. Mm-hmm. So whatever helped us when we were young, we tend to be doing it now. Yeah. We tend to be teaching it to others later. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I find that to be a common thread. How... how, how
0: it's funny that you mentioned that, like, you know, uh, things that you love, you'll end up teaching people. But h- how long into that did you realize you could start teaching people and kind of turning this into
1: some sort of like a business model or something? I think we start teaching people the things we're passionate about from a very early stage. We just don't turn it that. We just don't monetize ah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. True. We just don't True. monetize it because teaching is a part of mastery. Yep. So when you teach something, you get better at it. Yeah, because yeah, right.
0: you're constantly kind of going back and forth to the same thing. Well, that's
1: right. And you have to distill. So when you're teaching someone, you don't make it more complex. You make it simpler. Mm-hmm. And the process of distillation is you further and deepening your understanding of that very topic. Ah. Whereas, I think I think Einstein says it, right? You have to be able to explain it to a five-year-old. and And I think what he means by that is a teacher who simplifies their knowledge yes. is deepening their understanding of it. So, so I think teaching happens at all stages of what you're doing. Like one of your team members is a singer, right? He's a singer in a band. Aha, yes, I, he I, is. I'm certain he's had conversation with other singers teaching them how to improve their singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, have you done that? Yeah, he has. He's nodding in the background, right? <laughs> so I think what happens is we're always teaching because that's a part of the learning process. Yeah. It's just when you monetize it, for a lot of people, that's a weird transition. Yeah. Because they go, oh, should I be teaching now? Can I charge for it? hmm And I think, yeah, you can. At all stages, you can. We had this conversation over lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where I shared with you, I think a lot of the times people go, oh, I need to wait till I'm at level 10. The, the, let, let's use World of Warcraft as an example. Yeah. They cap out at level 70. They go, I've got to wait till I'm at level 70, the, 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 the final level before I teach people. Yeah. It's not the case. Because let's say you're at level two. There's lots of people at level one that need a level two teacher. Yeah. Because someone at level one, if you met a level seventy teacher, that level seventy teacher will treat you like shit. Yeah. <laughs> it would be too advanced. <laughs> They'll be too advanced. They'll be like, these questions you're asking me are so stupid. Yeah. Whereas a level one person needs a level two teacher. Yeah. A level nine person needs a level ten teacher. Mm-hmm. And they're often the best teachers for you because they just left the previous level. Ah, uh, interesting. So so I think I think that mindset helps a lot of people let go of that imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Even if you've just started, there's people who haven't started, who need people like you who've just started mm-hmm. to be able to teach them. So I think that's a that's a really important thing to keep in mind if you're starting to teach and you feel like a fraud. Yeah, The only way to get from level two to level three is again, to find teachers at level three, right? Because right. they're, they're the optimal people to take you from level two to level three.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I like this conversation where we, when we're on the way back, it's like, you know, Level ten, you know, a level nine is a level ten teacher, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you know you need to be a master before you start teaching everything because like you gotta
1: teach everybody from square one. And and the teacher at level ten, teaching the person at level nine, still remembers what it's like. Yeah, and 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 remembers the intricacies on how to move from level nine to level ten, whereas someone at level seventy has forgotten. Yeah, because there's been forty years since they were at level nine. They'll
0: probably have no patience and like, huh, you want me to go back all the way to level one again? Okay, yeah, but...
1: Yeah, and, and that's when I talk about something I, 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 in my mind, say you have aspirational mentors and pragmatic mentors and we, uh-huh. we spoke about this and I think a lot of the times now people have a lot of aspirational mentors uh-huh. but they don't have pragmatic mentors and what that simply means is that an aspirational mentor is someone like Elon Musk, yeah. right? But, but you can't go out and, and, and dig tunnels underground in Malaysia and build an... Build a car system underground. You can't do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's good to have aspirational mentors because they're inspiring, but it's also important to have pragmatic mentors who are just one step ahead of you. Right. Right. So, so, so to your team member who's a band in a band, instead of looking at bands that have fifty million followers, instead of looking at BTS and all these different brands, look for bands that are just one to two steps ahead of you. Yep. Because when you connect with them, here's the here's the crazy part. Because when you connect with bands that are just one to two steps ahead of you. They're more likely to reach back out to you, and there's more likely to be mutual value because there's more likely that you can add value to someone in level 10 when you're at level nine, yeah, as opposed to you reaching out to someone at level 50. Chances are you can't add that much value to them, there's no mutual benefit. Mm -hmm. So, there's so many benefits there. There's just so, so I think have aspirational mentors, it's important to be inspired, Mm -hmm. but then also have pragmatic mentors, okay, mentors that can tell you, oh yeah, do this thing on Instagram right now, or connect with this other musician, you, you know, in Subang or, yeah, so I think there's, there's lots of benefits to have those two categories of mentors. Right,
0: and then um, versus what you do now, and rewind back to what oh, you yeah. mentioned earlier on to okay. <laughs> how you went to yeah. uni to study accounting and then do mm-hmm. uh, a bit of uh, tech sale, a bit of selling and stuff like that. Mm. Rewind back then. Okay did you take accounting because your parents wanted you to be like the straight A Asian student and takes <laughs> accounting and finance or be an engineer or be a doctor and stuff like that? Because they were, all, that; those were all my friends. I was all right. Okay. I went I went to Australia to study. Most of my friends who were smart were doing accounting and finance <laughs> and I'm not so smart was doing marketing. Okay. I'm not going to put up, put down marketing over here because my business right now revolves around marketing and trust me, marketing makes a lot of money. Um, but, like back then, did you read what what did you want to become back then versus who you are now? I didn't know
1: oh, you didn't i know? i I just picked accounting because it was safe, I see and it was something that my friends and my family would look at it as being, "Oh, good job, son, You got into the one of the prophecy you know the Asian prophecy, right you kind mm-hmm. of, you're kind of you're following that accounting path, so I didn't know i mean i I don't think anyone at eighteen knows what they're going to do. I think it's really rare to find an eighteen year old that knows exactly what they want. I okay. think that's actually really rare. So I didn't. Know, i was still working it out. So yeah. I just picked one that felt safe. So right
0: yeah. now, considering in your life, uh, in your career, in your lifespan, your career, so where you are right now, I would say I would say like level fifty. But if you would go back to yourself at 18 years old, <laughs> yeah, at that point of time, would be a level one. How what
1: would you tell yourself now? Very kind of you to think I'm at level one. I think I was at level minus fifty. <laughs> yeah, dude, was, Well, dude, because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah, I'd go. I'd rock up at university. You, you probably okay.
0: Maybe probably if you met yourself if when you were eighteen. Yeah. And you, and, and as an eighteen-year-old, look, I don't know what I want to do because you see, there's most Asian kids, or yeah. actually, I'm, I'm not gonna say Asian kids. There's most kids in general. They go yeah. to university. They don't know what they want to do. the The only thing that they know that they need to do is to get a job that pays well. Mm. All right, and and back then, it was very easy to kind of like uh, narrow down what career path that will make you a lot of money. You'd be a pilot, you'd be a doctor, yeah. or you'd be a lawyer, or you'd be an architect, or, or, you know, everything. So, like, what would you say to yourself right now? Because most of the time, everyone's confused. How would you kind of help these people plan out their sort
1: of career path or potential career path? This was something my dad told me. Mm-hmm. My dad, my dad asked me this question where he says, he goes, how do you know what your favorite food is? Mm-hmm. Right? So my favorite food right now, I love this, is satay chalup. <laughs> right? That's, that's the shit. Did oh you, my God. Did you go to Malacca? To yes, I did. Okay, I good. went to Malacca good. to have Just satay in chalup. case.
0: And, and I, I, I had to make sure just in case. Bro, yeah, Singapore I, had the bad satay chalup. So you no. It. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. it doesn't. It doesn't. It's Malaysian satay okay. chalup, hands
1: down. So when I was in, and, and I had satay chalup back in the day when it was communal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah. you don't get your own bro oh, you're yeah, sitting yeah. there with other people who've ate there before and then they just reheat it and you go and you eat it man Like, gave me diarrhea for days but I love it <laughs> I don't care I'll pay the price but the thing is I only discovered satay chalup when I was 29
2: mm.
1: okay and the only way I discovered that food because it, it kind of looked disgusting to me at the start okay because I was like oh man those people just dip their things in it and I'm going to dip <laughs> my stuff in it I don't know if I want to eat that so I took a risk Yeah, so I took a risk and I tried it and dude I love it so back to my, what my dad said, how do you find out what your favorite food is? Well, you have to try a shitload of foods. Yeah. And there are going to be things that look disgusting and you're going to think that it tastes bad, but when you try it, you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. So I think what happens with the younger generation, and I feel like an old man saying this, but I feel like it's not just the younger generation now. This is all young people. I think this is what te- what tends to happen. We judge something before trying it. Yeah. So you look at it and you go, no, no, I don't think I would like that. Mm-hmm. And you, you may have just passed up something that you would have loved. Mm-hmm. So the only way I found satay chalup is I've tried a ton of shitty foods. <laughs> I've tried like, I think it was lamb brains and it was disgusting. Oh. I was in, I was in Southern California and this restaurant goes, try this. It's really nice. And they didn't tell me what it was. I ate it. It tasted disgusting. And then they told me, and I, I, I nearly gagged. Oh. But the only way I find that you're able to find your favorite anything mm-hmm. is if you try a Ton of different things so, so my advice would be simple if to myself when i was young yeah is don't, don't be so obsessed about making a ton of money straight away uh-huh. don't be so obsessed about winning over your peers and having them think you're cool because you're a doctor you're an accountant you're a lawyer give yourself permission to just try as many different things as possible and and not be in a rush man because the reality is, when I was eighteen, I was I was so in a rush to buy a Toyota Supra, <laughs> and I wanted to get into whatever job I needed to get into to make twenty five thousand dollars Australian to be able to buy that car. Because I wanted every single person in my friendship group to think I was cool, mm-hmm. and and I was I was reversing engineering I was reverse engineering that process. What will make me twenty five thousand dollars the fastest so I can get a Supra, mm-hmm. so that everyone will think I'm cool and I can get a girlfriend. <laughs> I didn't didn't value finding something you truly enjoyed where when you do it, time melts away and bleeds away and you feel a sense of euphoria that most people have to turn to drugs and alcohol for Mm -hmm. that you can actually find in a career path. I didn't know that it was impossible, man. Mm -hmm. So the closest thing to it was being cool to your friends and finding a girlfriend, (laughs) right? Well, I mean, those things are cool, but yeah, yeah, no, it is. Dude, but it's not as, because you
0: have found something you love. It's because, of like, you, you, I don't know, you consume too much media to to to
1: to think that those are the main goals in life that will make yeah, one yeah, person yeah. happy. Yeah, but because you're someone who understands mm. the, the 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 beauty of doing something you love. Yeah, I, I think when when you're 18, you don't. Uh, for me, anyway, in my circle, there was no one that was doing that. Yeah. So I had no idea that it was even possible. So I chased the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And then by chasing the wrong thing, it means you stop yourself from trying a lot of things. Right. So I, I, man, I just think far out. Look at the world we live in now, Jin, it's crazy. People are making money from the most obscure things. There's a guy online that my wife follows where he teaches you how to do a worm, like build your own worm farm. What? Like your own worm farm at home. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this guy's making millions of dollars a year. Just making videos in his backyard, teaching people how to start their own little worm farm. Oh, wow. It's so cool, man. And I'm assuming that he probably sells like a starter kit. And- starter kit, yeah, exactly right. You're exactly right. Wow. And then he he has his online course that teaches you how to manage it. Yep. He's got his own community on Facebook. Oh, he wow. does weekly Q and A's. It's unbelievable, dude. It's a worm farm. And-, <laughs> and we have like three of those beginner sets at home. Oh, wow. And we, 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 we do it at home. My wife loves it. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah. And I'm I'm, I'm oh <coughs> okay.
0: That, I'm I'm assuming that that guy does he have like a lot of followers or is not like it's very small, very like, small. Well,
1: not not <coughs> Excuse me. I think I think it's about two hundred fifty thousand people online. Yeah,
0: but it's just neat. He, you know, he found his niche that basically are willing to invest into kind of like you know building green
1: and you know, environmentally friendly.
0: So how are the worms yeah. at home? since you're here for, for 10 yeah, 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 yeah.
1: No, my, my parents take care of them. They're in this little box. You can take them and we can just leave them at my parents' place. Right. Some of them, a lot of them have died. Because <laughs> <laughs> Australian summer is so hot. Mm-hmm. So during the summer, you have to get this wet blanket, put it on top, make sure they don't die. Oh. But yeah, we have uh, unfortunately killed
0: I, I remember summer in Australia having flies stick in your face and no yeah, matter how hard you slap up. yourself, they're still there.
1: Yeah, but that's why you got the, the hats with the corks on them. Oh, really? The- have you oh, seen them? Oh, no, I have not. There's these hats where we stick strings and these corks on, you know the wine corks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stick them on the end of the hats and then when you're talking, they move around keep the fly off your face. Oh, so that's Brother.
0: the reason why you wear You didn't wear know what that was for? I thought it was a fashion statement. Dude, it's not a fashion statement. I thought it was like this. Ah, Mike, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you see this hat here? Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. <laughs> oh, <you get laughs> hey, that's me, pretty
1: good. Yeah, I'll be like 50 Aussie a year. I'm like, what, mate? No. I, no, I want go. you to do the remainder of this podcast in an Australian no, 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 accent. No, 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 cannot, cannot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the immigration will buy me from re-entry, but... <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's so, a really good Australian accent. That's
1: fantastic. So you you teach people to connect. Yeah. So. Well, I'm look, sh- look it's, it's, it's the main reason why, but often people tend to think what I teach is, I teach communication skills to help people be able to persuade and have more influence. Yeah. But there's a deeper reason. I, I think the only reason you're able to persuade and influence others is because they feel connected to you. Yes. So, so people don't see that middle step, which is invisible yeah. often. It's a three step process.
0: So, so when you started uh, teaching people to connect, obviously before, again, before you teach, you kind of have to learn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What was it like? You like? Were you a very uh, like you know outgoing person, or were you an ext? You know, people would look at you. You're probably an. Ex- they, they would judge you immediately. You're probably an extrovert. You're outspoken. You could go on stage. Um, you know, before? how was what, yeah before? Were you that? Uh, were you? Was it easy for you to approach just about anyone to start up a conversation like how no, you man. did before?
1: No, 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 no way, man. I, I think I was an extrovert when I was young, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the confidence to be able to talk to people like this. Mm-hmm. Dude, there was a girl I liked when I was 13 years old. And I, I remember I liked her, dude. I was, I was so infatuated, man. Mm-hmm. But every day I went to school, cause she would get dropped off early. So she would get dropped off at eight o'clock in the morning. School mm-hmm. doesn't start to 8.45. So I would get there at 7.55. <laughs> oh wow. And then she'd always sit at the bench by herself. There was nobody else at school. It was just me and her. Okay. And I would sit on the other side of the bench four to five meters away from her, and I wouldn't say a word to her. It was the most creepiest thing in the world, dude. (laughs) And I just, every now and then, try to look at her without her looking at me. The way she'd look at me, I'd look away straight away. She'd probably think I was going to kill her or something. (laughs) And I would do that every single day of my 13-year-old life, and I never said a word to her. Why? Because, okay. Well, because I was so, like, I had no self-confidence. You were afraid of... How she would kind of reject well, what you? What was I gonna say? All I right. didn't. know I didn't even know what to say. Hi, what's your Instagram? <laughs> yeah, no, there was no Instagram. No Instagram there was no friends to, There was nothing. Right. There was ICQ. Right. So I. I didn't know what to say. So so I started from a point where low self esteem, no self confidence, and and I, I like again, I told you, I I, I learned how to teach. Th- I I I had to learn communication skills because I didn't have any of those skills.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No one taught me. The one day during the year, I don't know if you have this in Malaysia, but the one day during the year where you, uh, I guess, you get to practice your communication skills. Do yeah. you do presentation at school? Yeah, we do. You do like one thing a year, right? Where yeah, we're, to do we're a like forced
0: to do it. Or if it's not presentation, uh, okay, in high school, it's mainly, um, you know, your talent times. You have to go, everybody It's given a task to group together together and go up and do a performance in front of the whole entire school.
1: Oh, you have to do a performance?
0: Yeah, it's more of like the year-end children's right, day. Right, right, so okay. either you sing or you dance or you recite poetry or, or, or stuff like that. So actually, it's, it's funny that you we were talking about this. So when I was five years old, I, I, I saw a lot of people play music on stage. Mm. Piano kind of intrigued me, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And a lot of um, very famous artists, they play the piano and they sing. Mm-hmm. So my mom saw that. And she's like, okay, I'm going to send you for piano class. But wait, I mean, I just like watching them. Mm. And it's like, no, 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 you can you know, why don't you go and do it? I remember I had five classes and I dropped out because I was afraid. Because on the fourth, the fifth class, the teacher told me that, all right, you see this? Okay, you're going to be playing in front of about a thousand people and that's your oh, grading. Wow. And I freaked. thousand people? Yeah. Apparently, I, well, I think it's like a thousand people, but most of this, most of them are probably there taking a chance to go up on stage and oh, play. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, still though, that's Yeah, massive. it's like. <clears throat> wow. So she said that and it freaked me out. Yeah, dude. Um because I was so afraid that people were gonna laugh at me if I played the wrong note. What? Because it was an exam. And the thing is the, 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 the teachers were all gonna be there and they're gonna be grading you according yeah. to your performance and how you play the notes and whatever not. And that's where I decided to just give up piano immediately. Wow. And, and and if I revisit that time, I just wished uh, the piano teacher would teach me how to kind of like, you know, overcome my fears mm. of a big crowd. Uh, did you ever had
1: that problem? Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah. Well, I couldn't even talk to one girl at <laughs> 8 a.m. in the morning. I, I cou- Of course I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it, this is a skill that we don't get taught. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get taught all of the technical abilities. We get taught mathematics, physics, chemistry, biology. Mm-hmm. But where do we get taught how to connect with another human being, mm-hmm. you get left to work that out on your own in the schoolyard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're either naturally gifted at it, or you just struggle your entire life. Mm. So like, like to me, I think I think it's really sad because a lot of my students now online, they when they share with me their stories, I just got of go, "Wow, that's so sad." It's just because you didn't get taught this skill. Mm. We get taught everything else. We just don't get taught how to talk to another person. Do you think that this <laughs> is a, this this was supposed to be a skill set that was supposed to be taught by your parents? Because like okay,
0: so for me is, I'm okay right now. Right now, I'm kind of very extroverted. I I think I can connect with people and I can Yo, have conversations. You're fantastic bro. And I kind of tend to always teach my daughter to always go and say hi to friends. And mm. it's like an encourage. So this is what I do with my daughters. <laughs> and if you know if they go to school and they see a friend over there, like for example, uh, my daughter has a friend in school who is Korean, and he doesn't speak. English that well mm. and th- and I told her you need to mix with him more teach him English encourage him so that you guys can be friends and not your friends oh, dude. and it's very cute because now uh, that's of teaching my daughter Korean and she comes back she speaks Korean words to me and I, I don't know what you're saying but um and I think at a very young age I brought her out and I started introducing her to every single person and let her kind of play with them and mm. get comfortable with everyone, and now everybody just comes to me and say, oh my god, your daughter so friendly, your daughter so friendly, and for me it's like I'm really happy that 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 it is like that because yeah. <clears throat> I was never like that when I was young, it's more like when I was younger my mom was like, go say go say the uncle, go say the auntie, <laughs> hey respect ah respect respect, they're older than you respect. You know, th- mm. that kind of thing. Which is not wrong, but like for me, it's like then. And it's always when elders are talking, don't talk. Mm. You just sit there and you do your own thing. Read a book, you know, uh, You know, go go research how to become a doctor or an engineer <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So I feel like uh, now that... Okay, the thing is now that you have people actually teaching everyone else how to connect, it's a great thing. But back then, mm. I feel like the only people that were kind of there to teach you how to connect were your parents well I, I don't know if it's
1: their responsibility yeah, hopefully hopefully they take on that responsibility yeah hopefully but the yeah. thing is naturally as children we model the people that we are inspired by yeah so you, they will model you naturally so if you didn't consciously teach them, they'll just watch what you do when you come into the office. Oh yeah. They'll just watch what you do and then they'll model that because I, I love dad and I'm inspired by dad. Hopefully your kids love you. <laughs> 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 I, hope, I hope they do. Because if they don't, they'll be sad. But but again, I, I know they do. So what they'll do is they'll just model you. So, so what happens is, let's say for example, we don't know when, this lack of communication ability stems from, right? Yeah, I, I think it, it stemmed from the beginning of time. So let's say you are lucky enough to have a parent like you that is good at communication. A, you're modeling it for them. B, you're showing them. So they're going to be great communicators. Right. But there are many other families who the mum and dads have never learned how to communicate effectively. Yeah. So when they go into a social setting, they don't talk to anyone. So the kids see that and then oh. they model that. They kind of go, oh, it's, it's better to be quiet, it's safer. So I'm gonna learn the same thing. Or when they see dad or mum interact with other people, they say, "Oh, mum and dad speak really quietly." Mm-hmm. So you know what? When I speak to other people, I'm going to speak really quietly too. <laughs> so, so, so the the bizarre thing that a lot of people don't realise is that the way you speak currently, it, it, it has been it has been modelled for you by the people in your surrounding when you were growing up. Yeah. So as you were growing up, if you were inspired by mum and mum speaks really loud, then you're going to speak really loud. Yeah. Right, so so the way you speak right now is just a series of behaviors that you've adopted based on the people you were inspired by. Oh, that's very true. And and it's and 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 it's either benefiting you, yep. or it's crippling you, yeah, yeah. Whereas and and the sad part is what what happens is most people just go, oh no, this is just the way I talk. Mm. Oh no no no, this is a series. It's like you putting your hands in your pocket, right? That's a behavior. Mm-hmm. Y- you you not talking is a behavior. You talking loud is a behavior. You talking quietly is a behavior the way you talk is just a series of behaviors that you've become attached to, yep. and now you call that you. Uh. Where well, it's actually not you, it's just a series of behaviors. Yeah. It's like when you play the guitar, when you first play the guitar, you're really bad at it. <laughs> is that you playing the guitar forever? No, uh. that's just you while you're bad at it. Yeah. As, you get better, you can, as you get better with guitar, you can do the same thing with your voice. It's just that people don't look at it that way. They kind of go, no, that's me. And if I change the way I talk, I'm being fake. And mm. I see this all the time happening in Malaysia, actually. Mm-hmm. When my wife comes back, because she lives in Australia, yeah. she's got a bit more of the Australian accent, mm-hmm. right? So she, she she can dial it up and she can dial it down. Oh, wow! But when when we came back for the first time and she kind of had more of a Western accent, mm-hmm. her friends were immediately mocking her, going, oh, you think you're better than us now? Huh? <laughs> oh, look at you, you're like a Kweilu now. <laughs> and then she, and and then I notice her immediately switching back to full Malaysian
0: oh wow, right okay. because
1: we tend to want to sound the same as everybody else, yeah. so that we fit in yes and, and and sometimes that desire stops us from being able to stand out, mm right so so yeah there there's, there's lots of layers to this man. yeah because well, well, yeah. what you mentioned just now is actually
0: very relatable to Malaysians because like wherever we go, we kind of are like a chameleon, we kind of morph into that.
1: You do. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a good thing or is that it is is a good thing? Well, I think it's a good thing because, and and some people will will go, oh no, but that's not being authentic. I should be authentic at all times. I I, I don't look at it that way, right? Because when you're in a Western country and if you've got a very thick Malaysian accent, Mm -hmm. you're not actually clear in your communication. It's harder for people to understand you, especially if they live in a predominantly Western world. And what that means is, and I think people are afraid to talk about this, is that you will lose influence in a predominantly Western environment. And I've seen this all the time, man. I've seen, like, I go to, I I got a lot of clients in Asia. And every time I look at the senior leadership team, a lot of them are not Asian. Mm. And I think a lot of the times it's because when I think there's a lot of layers to that and I won't get into that. But what I'll talk about is, I just find that if you're in a Western dominated industry, if you have a really strong accent mm-hmm. and you don't enhance your articulation, mm-hmm. it can create a ceiling for you Okay. because it, it changes the way people perceive you. And it's not even the accent, it's the articulation. Right. I think you have to articulate with more clarity Whereas I think in Asia, there's a lot of slang. Yeah. In Australia, there's a lot of slang. Yep. If you met a full-blown Australian, like, oh yeah, good day, mate, how the bloody hell are you? You can't really understand them. You get intimidated more than trying well, to. Well, but, yeah. but I think even those Australians who have accents like that, who's like full-blown crazy, right? They get perceived as being lower as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas people who articulate with more clarity, all of a sudden people, for some reason perceive them to be more intelligent. It's really interesting. That, I mean, think about it, right? If you had a full-bone Bogan Australian and you compare that to someone who's fully British, mm-hmm. who do you think the world will perceive as being smarter? The British. The British person, right? Yeah. But why do we perceive them to be smarter in general? When you watch a James Bond movie, why do we all of a sudden perceive them to be so high class, sophisticated and intelligent? It's not because of the accent. It's because they articulate their words with a lot of clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, think, I think, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's really important to always do your best to enhance clarity. Okay. Regardless of the accent. Because as you enhance your clarity, people understand you better. They won't perceive us as being less than them. And that's why I learned it. I had to go to a speech pathologist. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to... Because I learned Chinese first. Yeah. Then I learned Vietnamese. So I had a really accent and kids teased me so again I had to learn how to articulate with a lot more clarity right and the easiest way to do that move your mouth more when you talk ah dude yeah. it's as simple as that if you move your mouth more you sound clearer regardless of the accent that you have right whereas in Vietnamese like I could speak Vietnamese now and if I gave you a bit of Vietnamese Việt khỏi I think Right, So I could speak Vietnamese really clearly without even opening my mouth. Mm -hmm. You can't do that with English. Because with English, you have to open your mouth more. The language requires more complex mouth movements. So so are most of your
0: students all joining or learning from you to connect in English only or in multiple languages? Are they able to bring it
1: back and apply it
0: to the multiple language that they speak?
1: I don't have the expertise to be able to teach them to apply it. Okay. Two different languages, definitely not. No way. I kind of ha- I have to know my lane, but mainly it's in English.
0: So, what's the first thing that you teach uh, when a person comes up to you? Hey, man, uh, I'm, I'm I want to learn to be more confident and, and speak uh, in front of a crowd. Uh, please help me. I know I want to I want to be uh, talking with less ums and ahs and I just want to be more confident. You know, what's the first what's the first main thing you teach them on lesson number one when they join your your course on the first day? For everyone, it will be
1: really different. Oh, I see. It's it's like, what's the first thing you should do at the gym, right? So so I think it, it depends on the person and what they're trying to achieve. Most of the time, it's getting rid of the ums and the ahs. Right. Most of the times it's that. And the simple way to get rid of ums and ahs is just to be comfortable with the pause. This right now. Yeah. That's it. So every time you feel like saying um or ah, just pause, oh! Because if we started umming and ahring a lot in this podcast, mm-hmm. you'd see in the comment section people complaining about it. <laughs> people go nuts. People people lose their minds over it because what what it does is it, it, it it's it, it's playing the wrong key on the piano every single three to four seconds. Yeah. Imagine you're playing a song by Uruma, and every three to four keys there's an incorrect note. Yeah. It would drive you insane. It would drive the listener insane it as would, well. It would. Yeah, it would drive you insane too. But, but, but the reason why people do it, it's because it's become unconscious. And, and the, the moment your habits become unconscious, they become invisible to you. So I think it's important to, that's why it's important to record a video of yourself and watch it back.
0: Yeah. So you, you the other day I uploaded a video of yourself, like I think, was it 10 years ago when you yeah, first started speaking? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Did, you re- did you watch the entire video or did you stop halfway? I I only shared 15 seconds of it. It's a it's a seven minute video, and I yeah. can't watch the whole thing. Well, just because it was so like, it just reminds me of an old version of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just yeah, it's really awkward to watch. <laughs> but yeah. okay, then, when you watch the
0: video and then you kind of look back at where you are now, how does it make you feel?
1: Uh, well, it it makes me feel proud. I feel really proud. I feel like, oh damn, it's awesome. It's awesome to see the progress. Mm-hmm. And I only show it now because I think a lot of my students think that I've had this my whole life. Yeah. I think that's the that's the illusion that they think. They go, Oh wow, he's always been like this. No, dude. When I was when I was eight years old, I was still learning English mm-hmm. and people teased me because I had a really thick accent. Right? So so I had a really thick Vietnamese accent when I was young. Oh wow. Yeah,
0: and you and it's practice and practice so how, you, and practice and practice and practice for you to really
1: improve your your pronunciation. Your yeah, dish. definitely. Well, well, look when when I'm with when I'm with certain friends, I sound different. When I'm around uh, Australians, I I sound different. And and back to that question, you said like being like a chameleon. Malaysians are like chameleons. I mm-hmm. think that's great that you do that. I think that's very powerful because if the context changes you should change your way of communicating, right? Because if you just kept the same type of communication for all contexts, I think you're not being influential, Mm. right? Like when you talk to your kids, do you talk to them like an adult? No. I. Well, (laughs) you talk to them like they're kids. It's it's so funny
0: that you mentioned that because they're always like, okay, I'm I'm obviously learning and trying uh, my very best to be, you know, the best parent ever. And then, you know, you you, you watch all these uh, reels yeah. online that teaches you to, oh, you need to go down to their level and, and talk like, you know, like kids with yeah. them, which, yes, I understand. But sometimes you have some of these reels that say, no, you should talk to them like they're adults. And I'm like, <laughs> so which
1: is which now? <laughs> well, it's all of it. It's all of it. It depends on the context. When they do... Well, I, I I don't know. Look, I, I'm a first-time parent too, but it's like yep. when they do something naughty, maybe that's a good time to talk to them like an adult. Yeah. Be serious. But when I'm reading them a children's book, I'm not reading the, to them like I'm doing in a corporate meeting. Once the, upon a time, there were the three little, little pigs. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, you have fun with your voice and you play, right? Mm-hmm. When you're when you're talking to your wife and you've done something wrong, I've <laughs> changed the way you talk. <laughs> you don't go in there and go, look, I know I've done something wrong. Right? No, you don't. You go, hey, look, I... Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've really stuffed up. I'm sorry, <laughs> but we change the way we talk, not just professionally. Mm-hmm. We do it all the times in our everyday lives. So, so I think it's it's just important to to just recognize again that I think, I think it's really powerful if you can use your voice in many different ways, mm-hmm. in many different situations, because that's what helps you become more influential. It's not about just being this one person and just being super rigid all the way through. No, I think flexibility and adaptability is critical. It's emotional intelligence. That's why you see a lot of Malaysians when they move overseas, they sound different. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but whereas if you did that here, mm-hmm. that could be frowned upon, mm. right? People go, oh, what are you doing? You're trying, you're trying too hard, right? Yeah. So I think it's about having that EQ to be able to move between different places and switch up what you're doing. Right. And I think people who have good EQ, emotional intelligence, they do that naturally. But again, it's not taught, right? Yeah. It's not taught. It's like when I went to America, I lived in America for five years and when I first went to America, I did an event in Texas and one of my agents was there and they said, Vin, we're going to need you to work on your accent a little bit because it was really hard to understand you.
0: Because of the Texan Southern accent?
1: No, no, because I I was really Australian when I went there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I was full-blown Aussie. I I started saying Australian slang on stage. Yeah. I started saying, hey, you know, I'll be there in two shakes of a lamb's tail, you know? (laughs) People are like, what the hell is this guy talking about? (laughs) So, I think- yeah, that, that you've, you've got to be really conscious of your environment and then you've got to be able to be like a chameleon. Yeah. I think it's amazing if you can do that. Right? I think when I travel overseas, I tend to be as neutral as possible when it comes yeah, to talking yeah. English. Yeah.
0: Like uh, not really the accent wise, but like everything has to be like when you like you mentioned, everything has to be clear. Yeah. Like if I'm literally, I want to go out and drink or not. It's like, you know, that kind of thing. But when you're in <laughs> in America, hey, would you like to go out for a drink? Yeah, I mean, because uh, like it's not like, hey man, would you like to go out for a drink? Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't do that. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I used to. Then after that, you know, um, I, I, I did a, a video once with a friend, uh, a, a YouTube channel. I'm not gonna say where. Then I looked at myself like, what the heck am I doing? Mm. Then I realized that it's okay if I spoke clearly. I didn't need to kind of pull out an accent, although I could yeah, because yeah, it. Yeah. That, I, I know I cringe at that, but. Uh, and, and then that made me a little bit more confident going around speaking like how I speak now uh, even yes there is a little bit of, of a Malaysian accent but tend to I tend to kind of be a little bit clearer with words even if I
1: had but the Malaysian but accent but that's what you want to go for yeah and, and look the, the reality is for some people it, it's it's to me it's just like clothing mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want with your voice you can wear whatever you want I know, I know I've got some Malaysian friends in Australia who now all of a sudden sound British yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and people, I don't know why people look at that and, and hate on them for it. Mm-hmm. I just think it's all good. Like, it's your voice. You can do whatever you want. If you want to do that, go do it. If you don't want to do that, don't. If you want to put on, yeah. Like, again, I just think as long as it feels good to you mm-hmm. and as long as it feels authentic to you, yep. just do whatever you want. It, it's like with me, I can tell you now. So I don't sound like a traditional Australian. Yeah. I sound a little more British. Yeah. It's because I had British teachers and I liked that sound more. Ah, So then I adopted that. I see. Right? Whereas some of my Australian friends, they sound way more Aussie than me. They sound full-blown aussie
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? I just didn't like that sound. So I followed a different path. Right. Okay. And when you do it for long enough, people accept it. It's just, I think these topics are really touchy and people are afraid to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Because it can feel inauthentic at times. And tend to, a lot of people tend to get judged if they, they actually- They do, they yeah. do, they do. It's like when I first like started trying to sound a little more British, mm-hmm. people are like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, I really like the way one of our teacher talks mm-hmm. because it's so clear, it's so crisp. So I wanted to learn how to do that. And you were inspired by that. I was inspired it, yeah. by that. My, my my vocal teacher was also British and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And my favorite magician is Darren Brown, who's also British. Mm-hmm. So I just, I love the way they're pronounced words. Right. So I, yeah, it's it's really interesting because when I talk about this with my students, they go, oh no, I think that's inauthentic. I'm like, well, what's authentic to you might be inauthentic, inauthentic to, to others, others, but what's inauthentic to you might be authentic to others. Yeah. So I think we we just live in a world where everyone's so quick to judge and doesn't give people the freedom to... Just kind of do what Everybody has a unique mindset and they think that their unique mindset is the same as the others. Well, well they, they think their rules should be applied to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the way I talk should be the way everyone talks. The way mm-hmm. I dress should be the way I never dress. The, the way my beliefs are about this should be the everyone's beliefs about this. Okay. Whereas, I don't know. I just think just, as long as people aren't hurting other people, if they talk a little bit different, it's okay. Just let them do what they want. So, so most of your students, who are they? Are they
0: do you? Are they most... Okay. A few questions on this.
1: Yeah. some uh, somebody...
0: What kind of students do you get? Do you get high level executives taking courses from you? It's all
1: of it. Yeah. it's really crazy and it's, and, and yeah.
0: I want to go from one ex, one spectrum to the other spectrum. Let's say you're, yeah. the students that are new and maybe young, um really like you know going to the corporate world or anything that they do learning communication, what is the one main thing they all lack? and
1: I'm pretty sure one of them is con confidence, right? It's the one thing everyone wants more of. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing well, when I because I always do a survey when before you join my course And it's what are the top three things you want to learn from me? Yeah Hands down number one thing is always confidence. Okay, always confidence. Yeah, it's always what about high-level executives? And what do you notice uh, all of them coming to you and asking you to teach them? Usually it's I want to humanize myself oh. it's like as an executive my people see me as the CEO or they see me as the CFO. There's a disconnect. There's, there's a disconnect okay. and I can't connect with people. Like every time I walk into a room, Vin, they talk different. Mm. They're having the most fun conversation with their friends in the lunchroom. I walk in, everyone sits a bit straighter. Everyone talks a little more monotone. Yeah. Everyone greets me in a certain way. Yeah. So it's, it's my title has gotten in the way of connection. And one of the main reasons that happens, Jin, is that They've they've stopped connecting with their people. Yeah. They've, they've stopped storytelling. Mm-hmm. Storytelling is one of the fastest ways to humanize yourself. Ah, it's like when you do your shorts. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. They, they feel so human, and people connect with it so much because it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. You can do that verbally too. You know, you can do that through film, and you can also do that verbally. And and when you share a vulnerable story, when you share a story that um, you know is 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 emotional, people it humanizes you. Right. Whereas a lot of the times these executives are not sharing stories about themselves, they're not being vulnerable, mm-hmm. and every story is a success story, uh, you know. And and, and they, they tend to speak in commands. Yeah, you know, we need A B C D E F G done, and then they're out. Do you feel yeah. that we need more human,
0: uh, ex- like high-level executives, or it depends uh, on the, it depends on the career path that you're going for or
1: the industry you're in. So much of that is is based, brother. Oh. Well, it depends, right? Because some people lead with an iron fist and mm. do really well business wise, but yep. then the people hate them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then some people lead in a very human and beautiful way, but then the businesses aren't as successful. Yeah. So I, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that question, but it's. But look, I, I think more human connection is always better. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, well, you, you, you run a you run a company, and, yeah. and, and I'm pretty
0: sure the way you you. You, you speak with your teammates are more human. But I have a very small
1: team, right? It's different. I've got a team of 10, just That's not 10 a small people. team. No, that do, well, I mean, think about the bigger teams, right? Yeah. I mean, even your team's way bigger than mine. <laughs> oh, man. It, It's, it's there, there are teams in the world that consists of hundreds, if not thousands of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And it's very difficult to scale that. Whereas within 10 people, like you, you at over lunch. You were telling me about certain team members and them at different parts of their lives, having kids, and all this. You still have that personal touch. Whereas yeah. I think when you have hundred people, it's really hard. It's. I think I I, and I have no experience in that. Area, <laughs> right, so
0: do you get like people like that, like uh, bosses or uh, managers or, or high level executives with like a team of five thousand people coming to you and say, "How do I connect with my team more?" Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and it's it's tough because how are they supposed to even
1: connect with five thousand people? Well, you can, you, you storytell, but on stage. Uh, so okay. at the conference, like I, I I coach a couple of CEOs a year and I'm mm-hmm. doing one for a, uh, a fitness company right now in the US. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you've got to share a story that's vulnerable mm-hmm. and you've got to share a story that shows them you're human. Mm. As opposed to just talking about the company vision and talking about what's happened in the past, what's happened in the present, what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you share a couple of personal stories about when you first started this business and how you spray painted bikes orange and chained them to bus stops illegally and got fined. And <laughs> you and your wife had to save all of your money at the time, put it in, lost it all. And and and, and he didn't think to share any of that. Oh. And I'm like, if you shared photos of you doing that, photos of humble beginnings, people connect way more to that than a vision statement. Yeah, it's more, insp- I mean, it also can inspire people. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and, it, and it's a story because it gives them a glimpse into who you, you are. If you talked about your children and some of the struggles you're having and people connect to that whereas i think a lot of the times we we tend to we tend to shy away from that Mm -hmm. and then what happens is there's a lack of connection it's like i'm sure even on this podcast right it's 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 great to talk about all our successes yeah but i think people who enjoy these the most love when people are being really human and talking about their failures and shit they've done wrong and you know I i think that's I think that's infinitely more valuable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, we're just kind of gloating about how good we are. <laughs> yeah. Feels like a good segue to talk about something shit. <laughs> <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if anybody have ever asked you this before, but where you are right now, uh, all the ups and downs and, and whatever you just told me, your journey to where you are, are you happy?
1: Oh, wow. Gosh. <sighs> I feel like if I had to give a scale from one to ten, ten being blissful, I think right now I'm probably around a seven and a half and eight, mm-hmm. and that's really high for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really high because my, my my wife and I have been struggling with IVF mm-hmm. for the last five years. So since we had my son, we've wanted another kid, and and we've had we've had five miscarriages, and that's been such a painful experience. It's been such a low for my family over the last five years because your hopes go up and then they go down, your hopes go up and then they go down. And to go through that emotional roller coaster, it was probably one of the most challenging things I've ever been through in my life. And I'm, I'm certain, I'm talking about from a male perspective, mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent, it's 10 times worth, worse for my wife, if not more. And we're finally pregnant now, we've passed the halfway mark mm-hmm. and it's not even career-based. It's life-based. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the reasons why my happiness score is really high for me is because I've got a daughter on the way. Congratulations. And you know, I don't know you've got two girls, man. Yeah. I, I've got a boy and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a girl dad. So it, it's such a big part of my happiness ranking. Whereas I think, you know, it, and I think happiness exists on a continuum. It's never a flat eight and always eight through the year. I think- yep. Sometimes you wake up, it's a nine. Sometimes you wake up, it's a five, and you're panicking about stupid things, and you're worrying about money, and you're worrying about the business, and then yeah. and then you snap out of it. one night when you have a good sleep. Mm-hmm. So I think it exists on a continuum, and yeah, right now it's about seven and a half and eight. Wow. Yeah, you're, you're a.
0: I would look at you as a very successful entrepreneur, and uh, you know, judging about how you talk about family and stuff like that, you're you know, you you love your family a lot. How do you balance that between entrepreneurship or, I mean, okay, if it's not, if the term entrepreneurship is too strong of a word, it's like running your own business Mm. and kind of balancing it out between building a strong family.
1: Well, remember our conversation real quick. Mm. The reason you're uncomfortable with the word entrepreneur is because you view it as being like Bill Gates. Yeah. You view (laughs) it as being Elon Musk. And I told you, I viewed an entrepreneur as being someone who starts a restaurant. Someone who starts a little, you know, yeah, yeah, like a little stall. So yeah, I love it. I love that difference between us because I'm like, yeah, everyone's an entrepreneur. Yeah, because
0: yeah, because yeah. every I, yeah, again, just, just for a <laughs> bit of context for those listening, when someone comes up to me and saying you're an entrepreneur, I was like, no, yeah, I, I was like, no, I, I no, didn't not. raise money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't raise like multi-million-dollar company yeah, yeah. companies or listed them on the stock is, stock yeah. exchange or, or whatever. You have a very high bar for what an entrepreneur is. Yeah, I know because yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. such a big word. But probably because when the first time I heard the word, I had to probably go to the bookstore buy a dictionary. No um, idea how, how to spell it. Sure. Tr- <laughs> antra, antra, pra, pra, pra. Oh, businessman who's successful. Bro.
1: Oh, okay, I'm not that. Yeah. So, you know, and I had a very low bar. Because yeah. my mom and dad started a grocery store and I was like, entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, someone selling things at the Sunday market, entrepreneur. But look, I'll answer your question. Mm. I think, how, how do I balance it? Yeah. I balance it terribly. Oh. Right. And I, I think, and, I, and I've been balancing it terribly. I've only, I think, in this last year, in the last two years, starting to learn how to do it better. I, th- I think there's a, there's a really dark side to doing something you love that I don't think people talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you love it, guess what? It's basically an addiction that people think is a healthy thing, yeah. right? Because we, we, we look at entrepreneurs who work 16 hours a day and we praise them because we go, wow, look at that person, they're doing what they love, they're doing what they're passionate about. But I, I really think behind every entrepreneur is a partner that is sacrificing a lot for that entrepreneur to be doing what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have kids. Mm-hmm. And that person in my family is my wife. Yeah. So, for the longest time, th- because I, I, I was saying to your team, I, I moved to the US back in 2016, 2017. And my son was two and a half months old. And I said to my wife, do you want to take a risk and go to America? She's, well, first of all, she's like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was away 200 days of the year. She was basically like a single mom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and 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 it pains me, man, because... I didn't realize that with more success actually requires more sacrifice. Yeah, And then I want more success. Well, guess what? More sacrifice. More success, okay, more sacrifice. I didn't know that because on social media, it looks like, oh, you just, more success is free. Just work hard and you get more success. I didn't see the other side of it. Mm -hmm. So because I love what I did so much, every time I was working, everyone around me was praising me. And because my wife was so supportive, she was praising me too. But she was actually suffering and hurting inside. She's just such a strong woman that she doesn't like to bring it up. Mm. But then now, as we're growing in our marriage, she, now she opens up, and she shares with me, she goes, you know, those years were really hard. Mm. Like sometimes I'd go to bed, like she would say to me, she, I'd go to bed and i just cry because you weren't home. And all I'd, I, I, I I cry myself to sleep and I wake up and I feel better. Mm. And she just goes, I'm, I'm fortunate that I have a strong operating system that I sleep Got me from a one out of 10 back to a five out of 10, but I was operating on a five out of 10. But she goes, But you know what? I made that decision with you. So I wouldn't do it differently, but I just want you to know those were the four hardest years of my life being married to you. Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't see the cost Mm -hmm. because she was so, she was such a strong woman that she hid all of that from me. Mm -hmm. But now that I see it, I don't want her to do that. Yeah. So, so now I, I, I have to go. Look, I I love what I do, Jin, but I love my family a lot more. This trip to Malaysia, mm-hmm. every time we go out, I don't take this with me. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I I, I I
0: realized. Yeah, I realized that your replies come in like way past midnight. I'm like, yeah, and it's so funny because I automatically, it clicked to me why it was because I'm like that too. Yeah like uh when i went recently to japan i just did not bring my phone out yeah yeah, yeah. but then again after that when i look at a bunch when i when I come, when i come back and i open up i turn on my phone to almost uh, about 200 <laughs> WhatsApp messages. Oh, I, I panicked for about half an hour. And after that, um, I'm very grateful because my team sorts it out for me. So thank you oh, very much. Good on you guys. Yeah. So one, of them is, one of them is my, my <coughs> creative team, my editors, and, and my producer who is behind the panel right now. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, it, it but it felt good though. I'm sorry to say this, but I felt I, oh, this, this, uh, I don't know how to explain this, but when I look, when I had my first child, I, I loved her to bits. But I, I, we we talked about this before. Every I did not celebrate uh, Valentine's Day with my wife for five years because every time during Valentine's Day I'll be in San Francisco mm. filming commercials for a tech company mm. that were about to launch their new products, mm. and then after that I'll be a, I I'll be back for about a month or two, and we'll be preparing to go to New York. Uh, to do the next launch and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I'm not as much, I'm not as far away from my family as you are. Mm-hmm. Almost 200 days a year, but, um, you know, when you go away for even like three weeks, right. I came. I remember when I went away for three weeks and I came back. I saw my daughter differently. I was like, oh wow, she grew.
1: Yeah. I know. Yeah.
0: And 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 the thing is, even when you're not away, I remember when I was back. I was busy with post production, editing, and stuff like that. And time just flies to the mm. next uh, agenda. And I realized that uh, even though I, I told myself, no, you know, I'm always home, mm. right? I'm working, I'm always home. Yeah. So I'm around my daughter, so she sees me. But I think I wasn't there emotionally. Yeah, not present. I was there, yeah. but not present. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But like this recent trip to Japan, so I've got two kids now. And the two kids, are, and I'll be honest, like uh, the second kid had probably less attention from the both of us, uh, my wife and myself, because both of us run this company. Mm. But when we went to Japan, both of us just so you know when you go overseas the first thing oh no I need to buy roaming I need to buy roaming so my wife did not buy roaming oh good honor. so she's like I told my team that I was not gonna subscribe to roaming and I'm like oh mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I have roaming cause you know I, I can't live without roaming but you know do you wanna use my wifi she's like no and she said that this is the first time she felt like she really connected with our youngest mm. the most and it shows because now the youngest could not can cannot like, you know, not stick to my wife. Mm. And for me, it I, I felt the deeper connection with uh obviously my wife and kids. And particularly with my kids, because now it's it's funny though, kids, the minute you spend a bit of time with them, they stick to you like super glue. And it's sure sh- and it's it's I don't know if any parent will realize this. It's true. I open the door right now, I have two kids running to me mm. and say, Yeah, you're home, and they just hug me and and stuff, and for me it's like, oh, I look at my way, hey, I like this. And then we had a chat about it and she's like, oh, is this because we really brought them to Disneyland, really gave them full attention yeah. and really spent time with them and really talked to them. We, uh, the, the, during the, those 10 days, we were able to chit-chat with our kids despite their limited, you know, vocabulary of mm. knowledge, you know. We could chit-chat with them and be kids, chit-chat like really uh, childish things and play with them bef- until they went to sleep. And they got that for 10 days and now like uh going back to work sometimes i feel guilty but for me is i also have a responsibility to take care of a company that has about 20 people Mm. so you know it's a but they more uh more and more that i do this and more and more i turn towards my kids and and i've said this to my team before i know they think i'm joking but i said that hey guys you kind of need to one day be able to operate without me at Mm. all i'm not going to go for these present for this presentation you're going to do it with on your own i'm not going to be creative for this you guys are going to create on your own because i feel uh i feel that you guys need to run on your own because i might want to one day let this company be running on its own and you guys grow way bigger than i can possibly run this company. Mm. And to be honest, they've done that, they don't realize it, because obviously um, everyone's an individual, but I look it from a bird's eye point of view. I started with a team of four, mm. and now we have a team about a team of about 26. And a lot of people will praise me and say that, oh, Jin, congratulations, you've managed to build a company. So I was like, no. Uh, the answer is the team has managed. The team has allowed me to be able to put aside more budget to hire more people to help solve their issues and their workflow and their problems and that's all that's the only thing I'm doing Mm. really like you know I'm not I'm not teaching them new things I'm just solving their problems
1: Dude, I think that's beautiful you're enabling your team to lead and you're Uh, enabling your team to grow
0: I think a lot of a lot of people who run businesses don't realize that because um, I was always under the impression that oh you need to be a leader as a leader you need to know every single damn thing Mm. Like you need to know science you need to know how to launch a rocket to space mm. so that you have that knowledge to come back and teach your your team mm. i'll be honest i i didn't have that knowledge hiring in the next person i'll be like oh shit, man what am i gonna do uh you know i know i want to hire an editor but like this guy's this you know I, I could just put the pieces together and it looks like a film mm. and then i hire this other guy who comes in is like oh, what are you doing oh 3d how the hell did you learn how to do that oh i watched a youtube video <laughs> he's looking at me right now and he's laughing because I'm talking about him and deep down inside I'm like yes <laughs> this guy's smarter than me yes and, 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 and you know because like a lot of people tend to I'm not sure whether you've experienced this before or has, have ever gotten this advice before Oh, don't hire people that are smarter than you because they're a threat to you
1: Wow, who said that?
0: I, well, there are a lot of people oh, have said, really? "Yeah, yeah." And even um, when I was walking in, uh, working in a working environment, I was not a. I'm not doing that. I was working in a company. Right. Yeah. Be careful of those who are smarter than you. They're a threat to. You, they'll take your job. Wow. And I'm like, oh, okay. So for me, it's like, why, why was I taught to survive,
1: mm, not thrive? Not thrive. <clears throat> or yeah. love my job. Well, so. It's a scarcity mindset versus an abundant mindset. Mm. It seems like you've switched mindsets. Yeah, because like,
0: like, in order to be better, yeah. it's, either, it's either you be better yourselves or you, you get the
1: help of others to be better well, together. It, it's, 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 I think it's a mixture of the abundant mindset and humility. Oh. You've realized now that, you know, it, it's, it's funny, this conversation, the, the number of times that you and I sound like old men. How <laughs> it, like, well, bad? No, we're not that old, old guys, guys. Come yeah, on. But it's just funny, right? Because <laughs> you recognize that there are others more brilliant. And I think that's beautiful, man. I believe in, I believe in the yeah. young mindset. But you know, there's one thing I wanted to call out for you too. Mm-hmm. You y- you were talking about the ten days with your daughter and what that did for them. I, I wonder if you realize what it did for you, because the mm. way you spoke about it, dude, you lit up. Ah. You lit up so much while you were talking about you spending the ten times ten days with your kids. Yeah, it's funny because we think we're doing it all for them, but man, I could see what it did for you in the three minutes you were talking about it, right? Because it it. It gave you so much joy when you were talking about it. And you're, you were just talking about a past experience. Yeah. So I think, I think we forget that we always think we're doing it for the kids, but I think you're doing it for you too. Yeah, we're doing it for us, right? For yeah. For sure, man. I mean, it lit you up. Yeah.
0: I, I knew, mm, I knew, okay, I knew I was doing something for me that could benefit my kids when I took my health. A lot more seriously. Mm. Because, like, I went to the doctors and the doctor said, "Uh, You're a bit overweight. I was like, No, I'm not overweight. I'm just tall. You know what I mean? Mm, It's it's always that Asian mind, that the Asian, all your Asian aunties and uncles is like, Every time you go to Chinese New Year, you'd be like, oh wow well, you put on weight lah uh, it's okay lah you're tall and i'm like uh you yeah. know it's <laughs> all so, like yeah it's okay i'm tall to my doctors <laughs> my doctors told me like hey you know what you kind of need to be around for your kids so you need to be healthier and it freaked me out man i'm like oh okay wow. okay yeah uh, uh, yeah I, I i really went out to pick up cycling and, and yeah you're right um yes it's everything i do right now it's more for the kids um Every even my creative process right now it's all it's all revolved around my kids. I'm not sure if my, my, my creative fit can attest to that, but everything I think right now it's very much revolved around the family and the kids. Mm. And uh yeah, I think Yeah, I think that's and, and it's not it's not wrong. I don't think it's wrong as a business owner. As as a
1: business owner. Well, there's so many sides <laughs> to who you are as a person. You're a husband, you're a father, you're a business owner, you're a friend. I don't know if you got siblings, but you're a brother or a sister? Yeah. You're a son? There are, there are so many facets to us. I'm not great at all of those though. No, but nobody is. Yeah. And if they say they are, I don't believe them. <laughs> I don't believe anyone is good at all of it. Mm-hmm. Right? I think we're all struggling our way through life and on on the outside it can appear as if we're great at all of it. Mm-hmm. But generally to be great at one thing, you're kind of sacrificing something else. Yeah. Right? And and you can only juggle so many balls in the air at the same time. Right? So I think I think the key to being able to do it Goodish is schedules. <laughs> schedules i think that's it that, that is i honestly think in the last two years that has saved me from being a really bad father mm-hmm. it's saved me from being a really bad husband it saved me from being a really bad son mm. because i i ev- at the beginning of every month my wife and i sit down for five hours at, an, at a cafe yeah and i go let's order a slice of cake let's make it fun let's get a cup of coffee let's get some nice food and then we're gonna spend the next three to five hours scheduling out the next month. Oh, wow. So I, I I say to her, look, I always say the words that family is number one. Yeah. So I go, I have to match my actions with my words.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So why don't we do this? Why don't the first thing we schedule in the calendar for the next four weeks, let's make it about family. And then I'll put my work around it. Okay, So so then we schedule in the weekends, we schedule in certain things after school, so then I go, all right. So we've scheduled in all the things for family. Yeah. Now I want to schedule things for my mum and my dad. Mm. Because look, at the end of the day, I don't know if you've looked, watched some videos, how many times you're going to see your parents now till you die. It's yeah. not that many as you yeah. think. As,
0: as you grow older, don't it's forget. Scary we, forget it. we forget that our parents are growing older too.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, every time I, when I was living overseas, every time I came back, I was like, whoa, my parents walk a little slower. Mm. You know, and I, I see that kind of, you know, slow, slow aging process. You
0: know what's funny? Uh, no, this is not funny, but you know what's worse? Um, because my mom lives with me and I see her every day. <gasps> you realize that even less. Because yeah, if you're invisible. away, you realize it. Yeah, it's invisible. But for me, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's invisible. Because yeah. to me, right, ever since young, my mom was my superhero. She, she's mm. a superhero. So you'll think that she'll never grow old. Yeah. And until one day, she's like, what? We moved into this new place and I have to climb a flight of stairs to go to my room. What do you think I am? Like thirty? I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, mom. But the the thing is, that just but that's a different story altogether because she kind of like worked on her self strength to
1: do that. But yeah, sorry, go go on. No, no, but but that's the thing. I think so. So I try to prioritize things first with my my wife and my son. Mm-hmm. Then I go to kind of go. All right, well, let's schedule time to go see my parents. Like this trip here to Malaysia is we schedule time in this year to come twice a year to see my wife's dad. So if you don't schedule the important things, mm. work takes up. Everything. Everything. Oh. So 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 you, you know you know that analogy where they kind of put big rocks in. Yeah. And then you put little pebbles and then you put sand and yeah, you yeah put water, yeah. right? So if you don't put the big rocks in first, the little pebbles take up the whole jar. Yeah. So I've learned now, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So if, if 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 genuinely family is my biggest value, and if it's not, it's okay. Again, if it's not your biggest value, no judgment. You do what works for you. But it is one of my biggest ones. So I kind of go, Well, what's my family things first? What's things for my mum and dad first? Mm-hmm. And then now I've got a calendar for a month. I go, okay, now where do I put work? Mm-hmm. And then I put work all in throughout it. Right. And I make sure that work doesn't take away from certain family things. And look, of course, there are times when I have to say to my wife, I'm like, hey, I actually can't make the swimming session. I've got a really important meeting. She's like, that's cool. Okay. But then before my wife and I used to always argue because she used to say things like, oh, you you, you don't spend enough time with us. And mm-hmm. when we're waiting for you at home, we're waiting for you forever mm. and it's because i never schedule anything for family in
0: ah oh, i'm sorry this hits yeah. me uh, it, it's it's hitting me a little bit so ah yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: i hear i hear this
0: ah <laughs> uh, it, it hits it hits me a little bit cause i what I, hits you that like you're not home enough yeah, um ah yeah, yeah. uh, damn it uh. ah yeah. I'm sorry. I I I, I work for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, it's all a simple yeah, She planned this I'm entire employed, thing. She plans thing. I'm employed, I'm on
1: her payroll. No, but but, but, but seriously, man. Yeah. If, if 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 you don't if you don't at, at our age, I think time's moving faster. Oh, it is. Physically, I mean y- you can you can look at physics, time's actually time actually moves faster for us when we get older. You've. And and at this rate of time moving if you don't start to prioritize what matters everything just bleeds away yeah yeah it's we like we used to not we used to always say to ourselves we will only plan trips to malaysia the month before the week before whatever and guess what they don't happen they just don't happen yeah when i don't plan that you know, that that time at, at Sunway Pyramid at the freaking <laughs> wicked play center. <laughs> I love that play center. <laughs> if, if I don't schedule that in while we're in the holidays, we, we just end up walking around a shopping center. We end up just sitting at home, watching Netflix, ordering satay. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, I just find that scheduling is the key to everything. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I think it's a key to yeah, a healthy marriage, is, yeah. key to a great father, key to running a great business, key to operating your mind. It's it's so cool because it, Otherwise, man. Yeah, 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 yeah You procrastinate, like, right? I think
0: we did it very uncon. Like what you mentioned, we did it unconsciously. Like uh, our trip to uh, Japan mm. was done seven months prior.
1: That's fantastic. And
0: I, I, f- <laughs> I, I had to force my wife to do it. I was like, I need to yeah. get. Uh, I mean, We need. Uh, like we need this. Yeah. Like as a joke, but like you know, after that, it. Yeah. Like I saw, she saw uh, the lasting effects. She saw. I saw it. And although trust me, dude, it's tough to travel with two kids in Japan. Know, oh no, my no, no. god, I can only imagine. It's Shoot. like, it, 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 especially in Tokyo, <laughs> it's like uh, the minute you have more than three people, that's it. it like eating in a restaurant is it's it's yeah. it's tough. But hey, Japan's still it's still a great place. But scheduling, okay, I'll take that
1: to note. Well, well there's there's a, there's a big thing too, and, and here's here's a weird one for you. <laughs> I'm struggling to do this still, but I'm I'm learning how to do it. Yeah. Then you got to schedule time for you. Oof, This is the hardest one for me, right? Mm-hmm. However, I know that when I schedule time for me, I'm better as a husband. Mm-hmm. I'm better as a father and I'm better as a son. Whereas I, I always schedule family, parents, work, a lot of work. Yeah. And then me, if there's still time. And there's no way, there's no, there's no ever time for me. There's no overtime for me because i'll just work man mm-hmm. that's why my health isn't that great either right so that's why all of these you tend to be the first thing that you sacrifice i find that to be the case for me but then counterintuitively, when i started to prioritize myself more and, and i only try to prioritize myself maybe two or three time blocks a week if mm-hmm. i'm lucky usually it's just two mm-hmm. and sometimes one but i, I love driving. Yep. I loved doing archery. I love doing these different things. So, so, when I just schedule an hour drive for myself where I can put on my favorite podcast, when I just schedule in two hours of archery down up the range where I do archery, I come back better. Mm. So, therefore, my wife, instead of getting a, a seven out of 10, a six out of 10 husband, she gets a nine out of 10 husband, right? And then my son, instead of getting this dad who's tired and, and exhausted, he gets a dad that's rejuvenated, that's got eight out of 10 levels of energy, And I'm only starting to learn that now. So now when I schedule and I'm so reluctant to do this because I still think of myself as being a bad father when I do this, but I have to schedule myself first. (laughs) And I still do that with so much guilt.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: But I am seeing, I'm starting to see the benefits of it. Yeah. Whereas I kind of look at my month and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to protect my time first. I'm going to try to go, all right, this Sunday, I'm going to try to do three hours of archery Mm -hmm. and then... Uh, next week, I'll take it maybe a Friday afternoon. If my wife gives me the green light, yeah. I'll take the car out for a couple of hours and just go for a drive and come home. And and on the nights that I do that, I come back, I'm happier. Mm-hmm. I'm more fun to be around. I'm more funny. I'm more engaged. I'm more present. Otherwise, you know what I do when I don't get that time? I use this. <laughs> and I will be there with my family, yeah. but I will be watching funny TikTok videos and I'll be watching funny Instagram videos mm-hmm. because this algorithm freaking knows me. Yeah. And I'm doing that because I'm starving and escapism. Uh. I'm starving it, bro. Like I've worked the whole day. I've done things for the family. And now I'm trying to be with family, but it's really BS time with family. Mm-hmm. It's not real time with family. Mm-hmm. It's kind of me just saying, yeah, 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 this is family time at the dinner table. but I'm not even talking to my wife. I'm not even talking to my son. I'm eating food with them looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. So, so it's better, bro. Yeah. Go different. for your drive. Yeah. I say to my wife, I, I said, well, it's better for you to go out, do some shopping, unwind, go out come with back, friends. Go out with your friends, yeah. and I'll take him. And then let me go out, do my thing, come back, and we're better for it. But my brain is wired differently in that I think if I prioritize myself first, I'm a, I'm a shitty dad, I'm a shitty husband, mm-hmm. uh, which has been so hard, Jin. That, that's been one of the, my greatest challenges. Like, you should prioritize, first of all, controversially, mm-hmm. your bike rides. That's the first thing you should prioritize at the beginning of the yeah. well because you'll live longer, you'll be around to serve your family a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. You feel mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And you have more energy for your kids, you have more energy for your wife. Yeah. It's so weird, man.
0: Man, I should ask my wife to listen to this podcast. She should actually schedule herself first. Dude, yeah. our wife's special. <laughs> no, my Tim, my my one of my teammates is like, he's nodding his head. Yeah, that's right. Dude, they, wanna- th- they all know that my wife
1: works so hard. Dude, oh this, my this, god! Everyone's this, nodding. <laughs> she works harder than you, Jen. <laughs> right. This this, this this is one for the husbands out there. Yeah. If you have got kids and you're a husband, one of the greatest things you can do is you can like this is what I like. I got so many brownie points on this trip mm-hmm. by saying I did this multiple times on this trip. And this this is me kind of this is me like this is I'm 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 uh, I'm, I'm flaunting here. Mm-hmm. What I did to my wife was I said to my wife I said, "Look, I'll take Xander for the next six hours. Why don't you go shop?"
0: Whoa. Dude, the biggest
1: smile on her face, and I said to my, because I'm here with my cousins, so I said to my cousin, I said to him, why don't you take your kid, let your wife and my wife go shopping,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they had the best. They came back when they hugged us, they hugged us a little tighter. <laughs> when they kissed us, they kissed us with a little more passion. Yes, you know, and when they looked at us, they smiled a little more. Yeah, yeah, when uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's different, man. So I think when people get their own time, yes. They come back better. Whereas what happens, I think a lot of the time, and I know we're talking about relationships a lot on this podcast, yeah. but it's what tends to happen in the beginning of my marriage was, it was like my wife had to suffer. Yep. So she looked at me and she goes, if I'm suffering, you're suffering too, bitch. Yep. Yeah, I ain't doing this alone. Yes. So we both suffer. And then do you know what happens after that? You start to resent each other. Yeah. You start to resent each other, right? So we were at the stage now, we were like, you know what, let's be adults about this. Yeah. It, let's let's try and to, and, and, yeah.
0: and it's it's funny it's funny that you said that like me and my yeah. wife too right we don't always have to go out together go out and have your time go out yeah
1: with your dude
0: so go out um, you know go out don't drive if you're drinking and I, told, I remember <laughs> so she went, I, I think like uh, she went out with my bunch a uh, her bunch of friends who were mutual friends as well just all yeah. girls night out I was like yeah you're going to celebrate someone's birthday yeah go out get drunk and i and and every time she says oh uh it's almost 9 i'm i'm am coming back I'm like, no don't come back i've, I've already Oh, the- she's a
1: gangster
0: yeah i was like i told i told her like i've already put the kids to sleep both of them she's like whoa i took a picture just for you know just Damn. for just you know for for proof respect like, they're both asleep don't worry the air conditioning is at 26 degrees <laughs> and she stays out a little bit later and you're right she comes back yeah. with more stories to tell me about the gossip and Oh, I, sh- I can't say this, right? Oh, sorry, she doesn't come back to tell me gossip. She comes back to tell me what a great time she had with her friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. My friends don't—they don't, they don't listen. Okay, they don't listen. This we'll podcast. talk about that off air. Yeah, off air, off yeah, air. Yeah. Air, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love this this conversation, but I gotta ask some questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, team has go, written. Go. Otherwise, dude, uh, I,
1: I th- thanks for the marriage counseling. That was, great. <laughs> that was great, that was great.
0: I don't think it's counseling, it's, self, it's both self-discovery. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's like validation,
0: great. like, you're right, you're right, yes. Dude. What we're doing yeah. is pretty okay. Okay. We should title this,
1: How to Be a Better Husband.
0: I know. <laughs> New business model, we're going to sell courses too. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Um. I think uh. there's one from, let's see, okay, there's a, I, don't, I don't know who this is from, but okay, you always, okay, okay this is a question from some of our teammates, uh, just for context, they watch. They watch you, they watch your films, and when you, when you walked into the office the other day, they were like, what the heck? Yeah, and they were like, this is so random. So one of them actually wrote and said, now you always talk about confidence and communication is a skill that you cultivate rather than one that you naturally have. How long did it take for you to get to the level
1: of skill and confidence that you are at now? Well, I mean, it's, I started my journey around 2013. Mm-hmm. So if if you look at it as a timeline, it's taken me ten years to go from where I was to where I am. But I I don't, I don't think it should have taken ten years. Mm-hmm. It should have taken maybe a year and a half. Yep. But it's because I didn't know who to learn from. I didn't know how to learn it. I because I, I I did vocal classes not to become a singer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I did vocal classes to learn how to use my voice. Right. I, I didn't do theater to learn how to become an actor. I did theater to learn how to use my body. Mm-hmm. Right? So so I did all these different things. So so in theater class, they used to teach me, they go, Oh, Vin, you should learn this form of acting. And I'm like I'm not trying to learn that, I'm just trying to use my body language more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So then I learned all the wrong things. I, I, I learned all these different vocal techniques and I'm like, I actually don't wanna learn how to sing like Frank Sinatra. I don't wanna, I just wanna learn how to talk better. Okay. So I, I, I went down a lot of the wrong paths. So I think it, it should have only taken maybe a year and a half, two years, it took me 10, you know? And, and it's,
0: it's, it's not wrong.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think it's wrong. I don't I don't think it's wrong, to be honest. Yeah, no. everybody wants that success story. Yeah, it took a yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. L- look, and I maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong in saying that, you know, maybe it, it needs to take ten years. Mm-hmm. However, I, I just think that, you know, now that I teach it, I see change in my students within twelve to eighteen months. If they if they start to apply the things they learn. Mm-hmm. Right? So between twelve to eighteen months is I think it's a really realistic time frame to see your self-confidence, your communication style start to evolve and, and become more effective. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right.
0: Next question. Wow, yeah. this, is, this is like, you know, in the hot seat. Okay.
1: Yeah, cool. Thanks for these questions, team. Um
0: yeah. Before I get to this question, okay, this one is also about talking to a crowd. So how do you talk to someone or a crowd who does not know who you are while you try to capture their attention and trust on a topic you are speaking
1: to them about? start with a story Mm. because what people want first is connection Mm. and after they feel connected to you now they care about you enough to listen to what you have to say. Whereas if if you just start by immediately listing your credibility and talking about on today's agenda we're going to talk about A, this, B, this, C. I, I think we should start with connection and you can tell a great story and a minute and a half, two minutes, then get into the content. Mm. So I think you've got to start with connection, then go into the content. So a story. That's that's an amazing strategy. <laughs> I never really thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's simple <laughs> as well. Like, let, I'll give you an example. When I get on a call with some of my clients, if I want to build rapport very quickly, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. So I did a call with one of my clients in the US while I was here in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to stay up late for it, but I was up with them and I, I said, hey, before we begin the call, you know, my, my son's birthday just kind of passed and I'm in Malaysia right now and it reminds me, I want to share this with you. When we were naming my son, we we're going to name my son Axel. And uh, my father-in-law is obviously Malaysian. So when we were in Malaysia, we said to my father, we're like, hey, what do you think of the name Axel? And my father-in-law has an accent. So he goes, okay, the name Axel. Axhole <laughs> No, asshole, no, right? And my American clients laugh their asses off. They're like, what the hell? You could- So what did you name your son? I go, no, I named him Xander. I couldn't name an asshole." But now that I know how hard he is as a child. I should have named him asshole. And then I laughed again and we built this amazing rapport. Now we've got this incredible rapport. Right. And I'm like, hey, thanks for being on the call. I just want to share that with you because, you know, we kind of recently celebrated his birthday. And dude, that call went so well. It took me 48 seconds to tell that story, to build a connection with the people that I've never met. Right. And then now on a bed of connection, we get to form a really beautiful relationship. Whereas a lot of the times they kind of just start the call and then go straight into it. So yeah, hi guys. Okay, uh, that's today's agenda. Oh, okay. Exactly. Today's Whereas agenda. I, 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 inv- I yeah. this is my. I'm not saying my way is correct, mm-hmm. but to me, I would invest two minutes into sharing a story, humanizing the shit out of myself, mm-hmm. and building a genuine relationship. Right. And then after that, we'll talk business. Okay, for sure. I can switch gears. Wow. Right. Where where there are some people who story tell nonstop. Yeah, and the people are like, "Oh my God, get to the point! Stop <laughs> it already! I don't care about your grandpa, right?" So, so I think you've got to have that emotional intelligence to be able to switch, use that skill, yeah, build the connection, switch gears.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, this one comes from a, a teammate. Her name is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Yeah, Che. Uh, what Michelle have che. you? Uh, what have What has been your most significant failures as an entrepreneur yourself, oh. and what did you learn from them? Wow.
1: I think one of my... There's, oh gosh, I'm thinking of four of them. So I'm Mm -hmm. trying to, which one I'm going to share with Michelle. Michelle, I think one of my greatest failures has been continuing something and continually working on something that has already indicated to me that it's failed. Mm-hmm. But because I was so romantically in love with the idea of what I was doing, I stayed on a business two years longer than I should have. Okay. And I did it because I didn't understand the sunk cost fallacy. I thought to myself, I've already spent the last three years doing this. I should spend the rest of my life doing that. Okay. And I, I didn't understand the sunk cost fallacy, which is an accounting concept of, mm-hmm. no, no, actually, if you already spent three years doing it, you should not spend any more time doing it if it's not aligned with you mm-hmm. or if it's not succeeding. So there was a business that I worked on that I stayed on for way too long and I should have had the courage to leave. Mm. And, and that, that error has haunted me my whole life, mm. even in relationships, so I've stayed in relationships in the past. Longer than you should have. Longer than I should have. I've already fallen out of love with the person. But because of sunk cost fallacy, mm. I've already spent the last five years with this person. I probably should just marry them and spend the rest of my life with them. Yeah. So I think I, I, I still suffer from that. So that's one of my weaknesses is that once I do something, I fall so deeply and madly in love with it that if I had to pull away from it, it's really difficult for me. Because I, I have a very, I'm, I'm quite obsessive. And I think that's one of my strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, it's it's, it's a skill I'm still trying to perfect is once something is done, I have to learn to step away, Mm. yeah. Yeah. It it, it haunts me in investing as well. Investing in something that's already failing and then you continually put money into it, right? Yeah. So I I see that in a fractal manner in many different areas of my life,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that from a business standpoint. Relationships. Oh really? Standpoint. What yeah. the hell?
1: We like Yeah, before my
0: wife we I I I kinda dated someone. And I think we dated for about seven years. And wow. I realized that it wasn't working out because of some reasons that I won't discuss. But then you have the friends coming to you. like, oh, but you guys have been dating for so long. I know. It's I such know. a waste, you know, know, to give up all seven years. You know, you should just like work yeah. it out and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. And, and same with the businesses. Like, oh, but you've really put on so much money. I know. I think in the business, not so. But I have had friends who've had uh, their whole life, entire. they put their whole entire life into a business that they were not gonna leave until they succeed they were not ready to admit failure in the sense where like yeah you you know I've told everyone that I was gonna succeed but I can't go to them and tell them that I'm gonna fail now Mm. so maybe a little bit of ego a little uh, ego that's been put into it so I've seen that come and go and actually there's nothing wrong with walking away from things actually that's what I've learned as an individual the more the if you walk away from something, the more the bigger applause I'll give to you because mm. you 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 consciously know yourself. Yeah. Again, you're a consciously aware of yourself. Uh, you're consciously aware of what you're capable of, and you are consciously uh, ready to basically admit defeat. Yeah. And move on to the next thing. And for me, it's like that should be the bigger applause than the
1: success. Well, the only way to win a battle is to retreat. As opposed to dying on the battlefield. Oh yeah. Okay. Whereas I used to just die on the battlefield. <laughs> right. And I wouldn't retreat because I was like, oh, it's not honorable. But I think in the way to make this as valuable as I can for Michelle is I'll say to Michelle, I look at life now, Michelle, as made up of many different chapters. Mm. And when I stop doing something, I don't look at it as the end of it. I just go, No, no, I'm I'm just writing a new chapter. Yeah. And in my life now, Jin, I, I, I give myself permission to write a new chapter. Mm-hmm. I used to do keynote speaking full-time in America. I allowed myself to walk away from a career at the peak of my career because I didn't look at it as a negative thing. I'm like, that was a peak in a chapter, mm-hmm. but that's okay. In my next chapter, I wanna teach communication skills online. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when, the, when the time comes and not everybody does the same thing for their entire lives anymore, Five years, ten years, if I don't if I don't want to do this anymore, if I wake up in the morning, I go, man, this I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I will give myself permission now, and I'm gonna to learn to to do that new thing. Right. And, and I I I really love cooking. So I hope at some point I'll have the courage to write a chapter on cooking. Because <laughs> I love it. Okay. Cause I love it, man. And I think I, I I hope that, Michelle, when you get to the end of your life, you would have written a book with many wonderful chapters that yeah. had nothing to do with each other. Because I think that is what makes an exciting book. Yeah, An exciting book is when you turn the chapter, you're like, shit, I did not see that chapter coming. Yeah. Whereas imagine reading a book and every single chapter yeah. is exactly the same as chapter one.
0: Yeah, related to each and other. And you're
1: rereading the exact same. No, I think worse. Mm-hmm. What if you were rereading the same chapter over and over and over and over, and over again? Mm-hmm. So I, fe- I feel like in that question, Michelle was always asking, it's like, You know what's your biggest failure and how do you walk away from them? Mm -hmm. I think I I just changed my mindset to looking at it as, well, life has many wonderful chapters and there comes a time when this chapter has to end Mm -hmm. and I have a blank page and instead of being scared, realize that you're the author of your own story. You get to hold the pen. You're the one holding it. You can write whatever the hell you want. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and you know what the worst, worst case scenario is? If you write chapter two and it's shit, it's okay. End chapter two, start a new chapter, chapter three. Yeah, This chapter is a little bit shorter than chapter it's short. one. It's short. It's <laughs> short. Yeah, it's short because I realized very quickly I did not want to do this, <laughs> right? So so I think it, it's, it's really important to realize that. Uh, otherwise, I've seen it before. People get to 65 years old and they've realized they've just written one chapter over and over and over and over and then they regret. Right. They go, damn it! I wish I did. I wish I would have done all these different things.
0: Here's here's the segue to this this question. Then, like, which chapter are you at in your life?
1: I think I'm in the chapter now where I've become a teacher. Okay. So I used to be a performer. Mm-hmm. So there was a chapter where I was a performer. I was a magician and I was a keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. So that was my performer chapter, and I've gone from performer now to teacher. <laughs> okay. So this is a chapter that is very heavily based on teaching. You know, and, and, and a chapter where Vin tries to understand the other facets of himself as a human being. Mm. Whereas the other chapter, the performance chapter, he was just the performer. He wasn't a great father. He wasn't a great husband. He wasn't a great son. He was away from his parents. He saw them once a year. Whereas in this chapter, he is a teacher now who's trying to understand how to live a more wholesome life and not to value money so much, mm-hmm. but rather to value memorable moments. So I'm writing that chapter right now. I'm, I'm trying to create memorable moments. You know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I vlog my family trip. You know, I'm oh, trying nice. to, and when I, I, I'm trying to create memories and create experiences. Yeah. So,
0: it's always nice to go back to your, to the camera
1: roll and look at what you did the day yeah. before. And, and we do an order every year. Every year at the end of the year, do one of the most beautiful things we do at the end of the year mm-hmm. is my wife and I will sit there and look through the camera roll. Oh yeah. We just look through the camera. Well, my roll my, my
0: wife uh puts this on, puts it on in. Okay, so sometimes when. People put it on Insta stories and stuff like that. You think that they're showing the world. But what my wife was doing is because oh. she's using the platform features for her own benefit. But obviously, people get to see it. She she puts the whole entire trip into her story and then highlights it into her oh that's her, awesome. her platform. So that I or herself, yeah. herself and myself can go back and just look at it again. Mm. So like, I remember like prior to our trip, uh, recent trip, we went back to all the trips we went uh, to before years before. And we're like, oh, you know this is gonna be fun you know what, what, what is it gonna be like and then we kind of and whatever the common thing that we always realized or, or, or paid attention to was how our daughters grew
1: mm, how different they look yeah, how different hair and, and how different we
0: look of course yeah. uh, but <laughs> that's uh that's awesome I like yeah. I realize we always keep going back to talking about families and our, and our, and well, our,
1: this is the chapter of our lives yeah
0: where that's where we're
1: spending a lot of our focus yeah and it's uh, it's kind of nice we're in a similar chapter bro it's quite, I know it's kinda yeah nice. yeah
0: it's 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 very again I still find it very uh, Mm. Very, uh, like you know, amazing that like how we just connected and now we're here doing a podcast. Yeah. I I really appreciate the time, Are you taking time off, uh, family time to come and talk to you. Yeah, me? yeah, no worries. Yeah, and, and it's it's like well, you're you're a stone's throw away from my office, so if you're not gonna come, okay, not nah, like probably the next time, who who knows. But like, thank you. Um, uh, I think we'll come to the end of the show because I feel like you know that's it for this chapter. 'Cause I feel like the next time you're back here, it's gonna be another chapter that we talk about different things and stuff. Mm. But thank you so much for uh really being on the show and, and enlightening us and, and the listeners about, you know, what your journey
1: Yeah, thank you, man.
0: Passing on some wisdom to myself and, and people listening here as well. I'm pretty sure everybody listening today has taken <laughs> away a lot of things to, you know, the discussion. And I, I just wanna say, you know, uh keep doing what you're doing, man. I, I, I feel like I, I I'm really happy that I stumbled across your account and I'm really happy to. The thing is, uh, people always look at me uh, as someone who has always been on top of things Mm. and the true answer is no. Trust me, I've been watching your videos to how to become a better person in communicating with uh, my teammates, my clients, and also uh, my family and also with people. Like, I do not go for events because I'm always afraid to make small talk with the people I meet even wow. though I know who they are, mm. it's more of like, oh, what do I talk to this person? What do I do? Yeah, I, I have that. People don't realize that. But I, I am really afraid to have conversations with people because I'm afraid that I'm not interesting enough mm. to prolong and carry out that conversation. And sometimes, you notice that when I keep on talking on and on and on and, and nonstop, and people are like, ooh, this guy's trying so hard. So yeah, we're watching your videos that allow me to like, okay, take a step back and kind of like have a balance. So I thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very, very much. And uh, I thank, you know, thank you very much to those listening today as well. And also to the team that woke up extra early for coming to the office to record this episode. Thanks, guys. Yay. Thank you very much. Yes. And of course, uh, remember, you can stream us on Spotify. You can stream us on Apple Podcasts. You can stream us on Google Podcasts. You can stream us online on YouTube. Of course, you can follow Vin. Vin, what's your handles for your socials?
1: Ask Vin. A S K V I N H.
0: And that's also across Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. TikTok as well, right? Yep. man he's huge online, by the way, guys. Go and watch some of his videos. Uh, they're really inspiring. They are life lessons. They are. They are life lessons. they are. they are. I watch them and I look at them as life lessons. Number one, I look at it as advice. I look at it as reminders. All. All in one. Yeah. So that every time you re- you release a video, it's like, okay, cool. I watch, watch, watch. Okay, okay, cool. I'm like. Point taken. Noted. Yes. So thank you so much for listening. And Vin, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll speak to you guys (laughs) next time.